Thank you for listening to Lone Star Community Radio. This program was broadcasted and recorded live from the LSCR studios in downtown Conroe, Texas. Lone Star Community Radio is supported by listeners like you. Donate and sponsor today. For more information on getting involved with Lone Star Community Radio, contact us at lscrstudios at gmail.com or visit us online at www.irlonestar.com. Hey, this is Skippy from Mornings with Lone Star with Dick and Skippy. You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Everybody, you are listening to the Cindy Cochran Show right here in the Conroe Tower. And if you don't know where that is, you didn't watch yesterday's show. Because Bob Smiley gave us so much trouble about the Conroe Tower. And so he, I had to give you all the directions and all the, the how to get here. And it was, um, it was difficult. But if you drive on 105, going east on 105 from 45 you'll see the Conroe Tower if you ever need to go to City Hall, of course. But uh, I, I got to tell you, last night I went bowling. I went bowling for the first time in I don't know how many hundreds of years. I went bowling, and I didn't mean to. I, didn't, I wasn't going to do it, but I kind of got pressured into, oh, you got to get up and bowl, you got to get up and bowl. So I did, and after the fifth gutter, I said, you know, I, I remember how to do I used to be able to get like 200s and stuff, and, and now I'm, I can't even get it. Stay on the lane. And they kept saying, do you want the bumper pads? And I said, no. I said, do you want the thing that just you just put it up there and just rolls down? No, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm, just give me a chance to warm up. I finally warmed up to I made 59. So I don't know when was the last time you were bowling, uh, Richard, but... Um, it, now I have all these pulled muscles in my leg. I, how I did that? I walked up there so slow. In fact, I went like two or three feet beyond where you're supposed to stand and do it. It was at uh, No Time to Spare. It's a great name for a bowling alley. Time to Spare. Huh? It's called Time to Spare. Oh. Okay, I was just testing yeah. you. I didn't know you were listening to me or not. So. I was trying to get Don ready. Oh, so, okay. Yes, he's calling in by Zoom. <laughs> so. But I will let you know I'm a huge bowler. I'm on actually the the board of Montgomery County Bowling Association. Oh, you are not. Yeah, we it, had our meeting last week at Times Spare. Okay, so what is, what is your average? What are you right now? It's probably like one ninety five. One oh five. One ninety five. One ninety five. Well, it was a church bowling. They rented everything out, so I went up and they said, "I said, where where am I supposed to bowl?" And they said, "Go down there where the teenagers are and and bowl with them." And uh, Samuel and Cindy were like mortified. Don't ask them if you if you can bowl with them, and I went. I'm going to ask them, and they're, they're fine. It's a church group. So I said, hey, guys, it's okay if I bowl with y'all? And they all looked at each other. Nobody would say anything, uh, and they shrugged, shrugged their shoulders. And then Samuel came up and went, I'm sorry, this is my grandma. Let me take her down here. And he takes, takes me down there like I'm some kind of idiot. So I, I, um, I went down, and I bowled 59. And then I saw those guys later, and I said, so what'd you bowl? And he said, 105. And I said, <laughs> I bowled 159. You should have had me on. 
I lied. But I said, no, I'm kidding. I, I, I really didn't do that. But it was, um, it was fun. I'd forgotten how fun bowling can be, but it also hurts your muscles. But listen, more importantly, we have so many people saying, Cindy, shut up about the bowling. Bring Don Wilson on. That's who we want to talk. Uh, you know, what we want you, who we want you to talk to, and I am ready to talk to Mr. Don Nelson, my Elvis connection. There he He's is. Right now. There we go. We got oh, him. we got him. Yeah. Hello there. Smile on his face and everything, except I can't hear him. Don, say something. Oh, I, Hello, Don. Can you hear me now? <laughs> I don't hear him. You should be able to turn up your volume. Oh, maybe. I'm so, oh, okay. Sound, Don. Now say say it again, Don. Hello. Five, four, three, two, you, one. Good boy. That's great. No, I, I didn't have the volume on. Funny thing. I thought, am I going to have to lip read this guy through this whole thing? No, it was great. Don, it's so good to see you. My goodness. Well, you know, we, we've talked to you on the phone all this time. So we only had a voice. Now we have the picture to put it to. And so I'm so happy to be talking to you. Can you well, see? I'm, I'm happy to talk to you too, Cindy. I can't see you. I just see me here. It's weird. <laughs> well, that's what's cool about this. We are zooming, Don. This is our our test zoom. <laughs> so, so, and you are in we're your. We're not on the air now. This is test. No, this is this is the real thing. They're hearing everything you say, and so, yeah. uh, but you look great, and they've seen me, and uh, and you've seen me, so. <laughs> So we're going to, yeah, but, but we've got the camera on you and uh, you look great. I I can see you now. You look like Cindy. Now you can see me now. Okay. Yes, I can see you. Okay. All right, cool. I'm going to, uh, when you're on, I, I, he's made it where I turn and look at you as well. And you're up there and I can turn and I can see him, see you over his shoulder. So, uh, we got so much to talk about, Don. I, I can't believe this movie that came out and Elvis again has just taken over. Right. Yeah. Number, number one soundtrack, number one movie, 118 know. million. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. You know, it, it beat uh, you know, a top gun Maverick too. That's amazing. Ah, I know Tom Cruise is crushed, but that's, <laughs> but that's how it goes. I mean, well, he could be crushed after all the hit movies he's had. Well, what amazes me is it means that there's so many people that are seeing this, and you know it's not everybody that saw the 68 special. You know, this has got to be young people, and so this is their first introduction. And, um, and Austin Butler is so cute and so charming that it really helped everybody. I mean, everybody starts now seeing him. When I think of Elvis, they start seeing him. The younger people do, but not us. Uh, my husband and I went and saw it, and we came out going, well, well, it was, it was an interesting way to lay out his life, but I'm not really sure that's exactly how it went. But, Don, you know better, right? Well, yeah, I know what... Uh, uh... Baez was, you know, or Baez was, was doing, you know, because I've seen his films before. And uh, he made Elvis bigger than life. And actually, Elvis was bigger than life, you know. And I was there sometimes. I, I could be sitting with him, talking to him. And I'd just seen him in Jailhouse Rock the day before, you know. Wow. <laughs> That's you know, awesome. Which is kind of trippy and everything. So, yeah. Sure. But uh, uh, I think it would probably blow in Elvis's mind. But I think. What I think really would is that Elvis 
thought he was going to be forgotten. He didn't think that he would be remembered, you know, especially this far into the future and everything. And so friends were always telling him, you know, that, yeah, people are going to remember you. You know, I mean, it's oh, that's so sad that's that he thought that. Yeah. Well, whenever uh, Mindy Miller, one of his last girlfriends who will be on uh, the show later, she said that they were driving up to a concert of his and all of this packed cars in the parking lot and all that. And they're driving up to this big uh, Astrodome looking place. And he said, I can't believe this many people want to still hear me sing. He was right. he was so shocked. Well, that's like Cliff Gleaves. He was uh, uh, upstairs at Elvis's uh, suite when he uh, had first seen the Astrodome. And he says, you mean to tell me they want me to fill this son of a, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, he, he just he just couldn't believe it, you know. And, uh, of course, he did. You know, he broke records. Uh, yes, and he did. And that's where I first met him at the Astrodome, yeah. Actually, I met him at the Astroworld Hotel. But uh, that's where he was staying. So. Now, how did you get to meet him at the Astroworld Hotel? Well, make a long story short, uh, my father had met him back in 54, late 54, I believe, because my uncle had booked him at the Eagles Hall in Houston. And my, my father uh, was there. And uh, Elvis uh, wanted to meet Hoot Gibson, the, the silent cowboy star who was on the bill. And uh, he was pretty shy about it my father took him over and introduced him and they uh, realized that they both were into cowboys and stuff and when he found uh, elvis found out that my dad knew gene autry well there you are oh man that's it because <laughs> uh, gene autry was elvis's favorite cowboy in fact when elvis's record that's all right mama played for the first time uh on whbq in memphis he was at a gene autry double feature at the suzor theater when and, uh, when the record so, played, uh, he, he, oh, right, yeah, he was too nervous to hear it, and, and his parents had to come down and pull him out of there and take him down to the radio station. And Dewey Phillips, <laughs> the DJ, uh, was interviewing him and everything. And uh, Elvis said, "Well, when did we do the interview?" He said, "Well, we already we did it. It, it just went off live." You know, Elvis would have been too nervous. Otherwise. Oh right, oh right. <laughs> Oh man! But that was the charm of Elvis when when he was being interviewed, and you know he'd look down. Yeah, look I didn't down. answer your question, but I'm just saying that's the first time that my father met him. But fast forward, you know, uh, Elvis is coming to the Houston Livestock Show on Rodeo, and there's Buck Owens, Roy Clark coming to Bobby Goldsboro. I really wanted to see Buck and Roy because I liked Hee Haw at the time, believe it or not. But <laughs> my father had said that he had known Elvis, and so he, he arranged it with Colonel Parker. And then uh, we met with Colonel Parker and met Joe Esposito, and, and Joe took me over. And Elvis said, hi, I'm Elvis Presley, like I didn't know. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> and great. So, uh, and, uh, and, and that's where it started. And uh, uh, a few... A few uh, well, about a year later, my parents and sister were killed in a train accident, and Elvis just, his heart went out to me, and, um, you know, that's how I got to hang around occasionally. But they never called you a, a mafia guy, right? You weren't the Memphis uh, Mafia. They, 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 uh, Richard used to joke around, so you're the junior member of the Memphis Mafia. <laughs> but he says, that's not official. <laughs> you know? It's not official. Richard Davis is one of Elvis' guys. And he said that Elvis was uh, grooming me uh, to work for him eventually. But, yeah, I was just a teenager at the time. I was just a kid 
they got to hang around, you know. So Good grief. I, I've met people that, and, and people have said, well, when, what, you said that you lived at Graceland and da, da, da. And I said, I never lived at Graceland. Are you kidding me? Because I, I, I tell a story and then it gets changed around like 10 times and somebody's writing it. But no, Elvis just took time out for me, you know, when, when he could. That's that's perfect. Uh, so everybody that read in my, uh, in my on my Facebook uh, about him living at Graceland, that's not true. Okay, that's not true. Uh, I think I put that you went there and, well, he had you come down and you went back and forth to Houston to Memphis. Oh yeah, that, that's times. true. That's true. I mean, I uh, I would. I mean, I didn't live at Graceland. That's the whole point. Like oh, okay. somebody came okay. out, did that, and then they said that. Uh, you know, or they just, you know, blew it out of proportion, you mm-hmm. know, so I just, I'm the record straight right here on your show, Cindy. Thank you, you're, thank you're you. You're my source, uh, what is it, uh, you're my sole inspiration about the Righteous Brothers, uh, you know, would sing, sing, sing about? Look at that, Remember look that at picture? that, pi- look at that picture, and then don't look at me, don't put the camera on me. No, um, that's a picture that you had. And I was shopping in Kroger, talking to Don on the phone, and tell me what you said, um, Elvis said. Well, I would bug him about things and stuff, so and then uh, I'd mention and stuff, and so I, I, I said, you know, I showed him. I said, "Isn't she gorgeous?" And yeah, man, she's beautiful. You know, something like that. I yeah, that's good <laughs> enough. That's good enough. Just that's just before <laughs> I stop right there. <laughs> it's been a long time, you know. Wow. I mean, I, that was. I'm still like this. It's like I was. Oh, Cindy, check this out. You know, the same thing with me. Elvis came out on the cover of Country Music Magazine in 1975. And I think I was the first one that showed it to him. And he was like, oh, excited. And he was like, well, why don't I get a picture of me on the cover in Flaming Star? <laughs> you know, instead of the way he appeared at the time. Right. But, yeah, I think he thought you were gorgeous, Cindy. Yeah, there you are. <laughs> okay, thank you. I'm going to keep this tape forever <laughs> and play that back. That What's so funny is I didn't know where that where that picture was. And um, it's it was a publicity picture that's... Someone took when I was getting ready to record. He they took a picture of that, and then you said you you asked Channel Thirteen for. Is well, yeah, I, just, I asked. Uh, I admired you and uh, Dave Ward a lot, and uh, so I just asked, I guess, publicity department for a couple of pictures. Dave signed one uh, for me, and I got one that one with you. So that is that's so sweet, <laughs> Richard. Are you impressed? Okay, he shrugged his shoulders. Hi, Richard. At least he's listening. <laughs> <laughs> but but anyway, so um, that made my whole life year. Uh, so I I appreciated so much the conversations we would have while I was shopping at Kroger because I was always at Kroger when we talked. And you tell me all oh, these stories. Right there. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, you you told me so many stories. I can't even repeat on the on the air. But it was they were. <laughs> so extremely bonding with uh, um, Elvis and all the celebrities that you've met. So you you had a different, you know, eyes eyewitness view of of Elvis, and and it was a caring and and warm and funny guy. And I think a lot of us that have watched you know watched all the movies, watched all the concerts, and him on Ed Sullivan and all that, and then for him to do that '68 special was oh, yeah. totally mind-blowing. Yeah, that's the very first. I'd seen a couple of his movies, like when I was a kid, 
but they made a big thing about uh, uh, Elvis, 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 NBC, and uh, and then you'd see a little promo, and he's he's like, uh huh, or if you're looking for trouble. <laughs> oh <laughs> yes. So, yeah, that was December '68. I remember that's the very first time I saw uh, saw him perform. Of course, was on television. And uh, and Margaret had a special coming up too, who, who I loved, and uh, and then uh, she was on the cover TV guide that uh, that week. I still have it. Wow. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but, but the Colonel, and I got something of the Colonel I want to show you too. Okay. The Colonel wanted Elvis to come out, like in the movie. That's all true, and do twenty six Christmas songs. Twenty six. <laughs> 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 and oh. so he wanted to be, you know, like a mammoth Christmas thing, you know, beating uh, Bing Crosby and Andy Williams and all of that. So, you know, he wanted to make those sales of Elvis's Christmas album, you know, that he had done in 1957. <laughs> so, 1957. Oh, great. Well, he was still plugging along with that, you know. But, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, he met with Steve Bender, who's a really cool guy. And, uh, and he said, where, where do you think my career is? And uh, and pretty much is like nowhere, but we can do something about it. And so with his team, they put it to, together a great special that to this day is a classic. I mean, uh, put him into black leather and uh, he killed it. Well, what's funny is because uh, Steve Ender had said that they had to do something with the colonel because he was pressing and thinking they were going to do this Christmas show and that Bob Finkel is it yes Bob Finkel kept Colonel Parker busy by taking him and whining and dining him and and gambling because he loved to gamble and kept him busy while they put together this award-winning had nothing to do with the Colonel uh, project and this and Colonel Parker was so upset about it after it became like number one of everything he then took credit for it was that pretty much well, well yeah that's, i think that that's pretty safe to say and he never called steve uh, bender bender he called him bendel <laughs> which really got to him yeah yeah it's, and i said i uh, see i don't know i, I don't know if i can say this or not, but uh, i'm going to keep the language clean don't worry dick okay. but uh yes it's just like <laughs> Uh, he told Elvis he didn't want him to do that song, If I Could Dream, and, and he left, and, and I think Steve was a little disappointed, and he said, I don't care what the OSO you know, B says. So uh, That's awesome. Yeah. Well, that movie anyway, did... If Elvis had just put his foot down more, you know. <laughs> yes, I mean, because that movie did make him, and that movie made uh, Bender the new movie made Bender such a hero to everybody. Cause it's like, he was not going to let the Colonel dictate what, what they were going to do with Elvis because he had, uh, he knew that Elvis had had it with the movies. He'd had it with all that stuff. And then he was going to try and bring him into like today, but that the dream song was so interesting. Um, how that affected him and how badly he wanted to do that that type of song, and that was just what was it right before Martin Luther King was assassinated? Oh, it was, it was, it was, it was uh, right after Martin Luther King uh, uh, was in April fourth, nineteen sixty eight, in Memphis, of course Elvis's hometown, and then it was Bobby Kennedy in June. I mean, that had just happened, had happened yeah. while they were shooting the special, oh. and of course, right after Bobby was shot. 
that's when, uh, you know, the song was written. And it was specifically written for Elvis to sing by W. Earl Brown. And I did interview uh, Earl about that. So uh, that was his assignment. Write this dynamite song and, and bring it in tomorrow. And he did. That's he, amazing. He did That's a, some of the best songs are written like, like that fast. But I know that uh, Bill Morris is right. Yeah. Bill Morris is the sheriff, was the sheriff of uh, Memphis and the mayor of Memphis. So that's his book right there. Yeah, he was the that's sheriff awesome. and the mayor of, of Memphis. And you can see him. There he is in the back. I told you I'd have some props. Yes, you do. Oh, that's great. Because we're, gonna, uh, we're going to interview Bill. I, I called and talked to him on the phone. He's so cute. He's like almost 90 years right. old. And he's so cute. <laughs> and he, uh, he, he was talking about uh, Elvis and I were good friends. Elvis went to school with my wife, and and we all you know, grew up the same way, so we understood each other, and it was it was great. And when I brought in James Earl Ray, and because he went and arrested him, and brought him to uh, extradite him back to Memphis, and so uh, that must have all played in Elvis's mind when he sang this song. He knew that. Uh, all that had happened, how tragic that was. And we started feeling like, at that time, Americans were feeling like, this country's coming apart. And we didn't, we were very, I don't, I don't know, it, it, it just didn't feel like the same country and that, uh, what's next? Who's next? And that kind of thing. So uh, it, it's so interesting. I can't wait to talk to Bill Morris. And he'll, he is going to be on the 12th of August. And so we'll talk about uh oh, bill bill is a great guy he's one of my best friends and in fact uh last time I, I i visited with him you know he took me through all his archives and stuff and uh oh man it's amazing his life is, is is incredible and it's not just a plug for his book but i do want everybody to go out and get it because right. it is amazing he's an amazing fella and, and i'm honored to have him as a friend and he's doing all this himself too he's he's like you you want the book you got to contact me <laughs> Don't yeah, contact, you. Right. contact me. So, uh, but he will be on. And Don, you have introduced me to so many people that I've been able to call and and have on the air. And it's all I have to start off with. I'm a friend of Don Nelson. And then they're always like, "Well, if you're a friend of Don you're Nelson, you're a friend." Wilson, you're, I mean, Don. Don, 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 Don oh my word! Right. How many? Nice guy. Tallest guy I ever met. It, it's <laughs> it's so funny because when I first. Met, met you and you said name Don Wilson I met immediately thought Don Nelson and so I I kept calling you that all through that time when I was over at the other studio and we you'd call so I'm so sorry because yeah. I thought I had finished no, doing sorry. that but I but you have introduced forget, me I got, to show you some stuff I got from Colonel Parker oh, oh okay okay sorry go ahead now everybody's got like little message pads right right this was the colonel's <laughs> From the desk of Colonel Tom, Tom Parker. Parker. And at the very bottom, this space for message. <laughs> <laughs> and that little, that little part at the bottom for the message, and that big Tom Parker. Um, so anyway, you you know everybody, and I believe that now, because all the people that you had me be able to call and have on the show, and I. I was telling Sam. I said I'm talking. I'm talking to Bill Morris. He's the one who 
arrested. And he said, well, how did you, how'd you get a hold of him? I said, through Don. He goes, why don't you call this the Don Wilson show and that you're just going to talk to the people that, all the people that Don knows. And I went, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> Are we going to have the Don and Cindy show or Cindy and Don? Yes. Yeah, that'd be yeah, One, one, that'd be one last thing I wanted to show you uh, from the Colonel. Yeah, of course you saw the movie and they were talking about the, the Snowman's League and yes. all of that. Yeah. Now, the Colonel either liked you or he didn't, but evidently he liked me. And of course, I was just a kid. But I'll read this to you uh, real quick. It says, the Snowman's League of America, Chief Potentate, Colonel Tom Parker, confidential report dealing with uh, advanced techniques of member snowers. The old snowman there. Uh, yes, I, I see that. That is. And he said, uh, the Colonel said, it's very important for you to read this front to back and understand everything that you read. Now, when you, when you thumb through this... <laughs> There's nothing there. <laughs> and then the colonel said, you got to learn to read between the lines. There you go. Well, he did have a sense of humor then. But there's my uh, snowman's card. That's your snowman's card? Oh, that's, yeah. that's awesome. That's a great thing to have, especially with this movie out and people say, you know, we never heard Colonel Parker talk. I mean, I, I don't remember him ever being on an interview or anything like that. Uh, watching TV at that time. And so when I sat down and here comes Tom Hanks and he's talking with this high, I'm like this uh, supposed to be a Dutch accent. That just like, what? He really, is that how he sounded? Not really. Uh, it, was, it was too heavy. Uh, I know what Tom did. It, you know, you have to, he's trying to get into the character, but you know, you say, uh, Colonel, uh, uh, where's Elvis? You just missed him. You, yes, sir. He, said, he talked really good. <laughs> Hi. He's just like, I got bad facts. It's tough to do the colonel's voice. But, uh, uh, well, yeah, it was, I think it was tough for Tom Hanks. To, I, I was just wondering. What he kind did a good of, job as far as his personality. Personality. But, uh, but yeah. when he opened his mouth and started talking, it sounded like he was from... Uh, some Transylvania place or something. He was so high, and the voice was so high. I was just like, what happened to him? And then found out that he didn't have a passport, and he was kind of like a really an illegal immigrant. Yeah, he, he was in the United States Army, though. Yeah, you would have thought that that would have cleared that up. Uh, and uh, like Sonny West told me, he said, well, the colonel was good friends with President Johnson. Johnson could have taken care of that back in the day. Oh. I don't know why, why he didn't do that. You know? Interesting. But, uh, that's now, that's interesting. Know, there's a lot of things I didn't like about the colonel as far that I found out later or what he did with Elvis's career and this and that. But he did keep his promise that, uh, you know, he would have a million dollars in his pocket by the end of the first year. And, right. uh, you know, he'd make him the biggest star in the world. So he kept that promise, but yeah, but you know, agree. Elvis had a million and he had three, so it, it it didn't that wasn't fair. It seemed like the whole time, and I I don't know how much Colonel Parker took. They said they were going to do it fifty fifty, so if if Elvis had a million and he had a million, that'd be fine. But it seemed like he kind of squandered Elvis's profits. Is well, that well? Yeah, because he gambled so much. Yes. It's, it's, he never fired him on stage like in the movie. 
but uh, he did pick on the colonel. Or, or he, he, one night he introduced the colonel in the audience. I have this on tape. He says, my uh, manager, ladies and gentlemen, Colonel Tom Parker, or is he? Oh, he's probably out drinking mash and talking trash with Cosby. Ah, oh, very good. <laughs> that kind of yeah. yeah, that kind of summed him up then. But uh, but anyway, there's the people that you you think are the most interesting. I it seemed like Johnny Cash was a big, you know, like it's a big friend of yours, and you were such a good friend of the families, and you knew all of them. And then you did a tribute. You did a tribute. Out. You sang his songs. Yeah, I did. Uh, I just dropped my voice a little an octave, and there I am. <laughs> <laughs> and you did. Right. That's. And you sent me the song. I never knew Johnny Cash did a song called "Cindy, I Love You." Did you know that, Richard? Oh, yeah. His daughter's name is Cindy. No, I I understand. I didn't think it was to me, but uh, I I thought that was so funny because Cindy it, in the fifties that name was like. Uh, had so many songs it was like three different songs written about cindy but i didn't know johnny cash had done one and oh yeah and then glenn campbell was a good friend of yours yeah glenn and uh oh yeah i just, I just love glenn and uh, you know he was good friends with elvis and in fact uh you know I, I would give him pictures of him and elvis that he didn't have and he was a fan himself you know oh. and he would talk about johnny cash gene autry and elvis at a drop of a hat that's that's awesome. Now tell me though, you told me a story, and you probably prefaced it with that. I would never say this over the air, but you you told me a story about when the Beatles came to Vegas, they wanted to go see his show, or he, and well, they wanted they, to meet when him. They played, when they played the Hollywood Bowl, right? Are, are you talking about when they first met each other? Or yes, what? yes. And you said that, and you said that it was. Um, he didn't want to meet them. He didn't want them to come into his dressing room. Oh, oh, that's that's where, oh, that's what that's when uh, uh, George Harrison and Ringo Starr came uh, to to come backstage, uh, and they were they were wanting to talk to Elvis, and uh, Elvis didn't feel like it at the time, you know. And a couple of the guys were just like, uh, "Well, yeah, I'd like to go see the Beatles." You could tell by. You know, just the expression, and uh-huh. you just kind of look at him. Well, if you see him, you know, you know, go and hang with them instead. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't say it, but <laughs> you well, kind of sensed it, you know. Well, I think that he's. But, but yeah, actually, Elvis liked the Beatles. You know? Yeah, that's what he had said later in a, another interview that he says, uh, "All this new music that's come coming about, I, you know, I like the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, and and so he uh, gave homage to them, but." I thought that was so interesting. Like, no, I don't need the Beatles coming into my dressing room. That's that. That's fine. And so, but I don't think there was not a there wasn't a rivalry or anything between them. I well, think no, there that. wasn't. And uh, in fact, uh, there was times that uh, he would talk to uh, uh, the Beatles, or at least a couple of them, on the phone occasionally. You know, and uh, it's like George Klein was was telling me about. One time he was up at Graceland, and he just answered the phone, and that's a desk jockey friend of Elvis's. He said, hello. And they said, hello, this is John Lennon. Can I speak to Elvis? You know, and so he got wow. out of the phone. So, <laughs> I don't know what they talked about, but, you know. So. I, love, I love that. But in the, the mood in Graceland, whenever you visited there, uh, was those guys were there, like, all the time? They, they lived there, the mafia? Well, no, they didn't live there. Now, Richard Davis uh, and, and 
Charlie Hodge lived there. There was usually like only two that lived there at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jerry Schilling had lived there at one time. Uh, but they had their own homes, and uh, they would just come and hang around with Elvis, you know, when he needed them, but they were close by, you know. Well, did he seem like that he felt better, safer, or more comfortable with having a lot of people around him? Uh, well, each one uh, had their own job for what they did. And, uh, in fact, one of the jobs, besides being valet for Elvis, uh, Richard Davis uh, uh, was his movie stand-in, and, and he was in charge of getting TV guides for every room in the house that had TV <laughs> at Elvis and Holmes. That's an, that's an important <laughs> job, Don. Don, yes, we are c- coming down to, we just have minutes left, and, and, and so I'm going to, have to say goodbye to you because we have to unzoom you uh but i wanted to thank you so much and you know that you're going to be a reoccurring guest we have so many people that we need to talk about oh yeah that you know i want to show you this this was uh, one of elvis's razors richard <gasps> gave that to me <laughs> oh my goodness it's still got some of elvis's uh whiskers in there so they're still in there yep you could sell that for so much money. and Yeah, but and could I'm not use, going to, you know. Yeah. Maybe when I'm 95 or 100, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Save some of the whiskers for me. I think that is just, that's weird, isn't it? Um, anyway, so I, I just want to tell you, thank you so much. And we're going to have to say bye-bye to you. Well, I love you so great much. Great talking to you face-to-face, Cindy. I know it is. It's really exciting. I have to come over here and get Richard to call you up and Zoom with you so I can... No, okay. I won't do that, Richard. All right. <laughs> we'll bye-bye. Again, huh? You have a great day. You too, Cindy. <laughs> bye-bye. Bye-bye. Man, that was Don Wilson. Close friend of Elvis Presley's. Elvis Presley loved this guy. And... uh so anyway, we're still on, right? And I saw, okay, <laughs> I could keep talking. Um, but that was fun. And I, I will have him on because there are just too many celebrities he knows and stories that he knows about celebrities that we've got to uh, find out about. Anyway, so I, I got to tell you that, um, so I'm on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So this is our last day on here. Uh, next Tuesday, we'll be replaying the Don Wilson interview. And so if anyone that missed it or you want your friends to see it, uh, it'll be on YouTube. And um, you can watch it then. You can also watch it on the Lone Star. Right, Richard? You want to chime in and and help me under- make sure I don't say the wrong place? <laughs> Come on, chime in. Oh, he's so shy. Come on, Richard. Don't be shy. <laughs> what are you doing? Are you taking me out? Am I leaving? Oh, what? You can hear everything. That's going over the air, Cindy. You have headphones on. I, I, I know. That's what I'm saying. Why aren't you talking to me? I was setting my mic up. Oh. <laughs> I thought it was like always there, so you could just chime in whenever you wanted to. Uh, everyone who is maybe just listening to this, but you, a lot of people have, have seen the signing was on the Cindy Cochran Show, not the signing of Cindy Show. The Cindy Cochran Show know Richard real well. And um, he's like, such an incredible guy and it's so much fun to be back with him because we were separated for how long six years five years it was it (laughs) it was it was long time but we just dropped right back into like it would never happen i was late the first day it was you know so it worked out it worked out well and i haven't given you everything you need from me and all that so 
I appreciate you, Richard. Thank so you. go ahead and tell them where else they can see this on Tuesday. Well, it would be on Lone Star, IRLoneStar.com. IR, Internet Radio, LoneStar.com. And it'll be uh, there. But anytime you want to see something live, you go to YouTube on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday normally, and you'll see the program live. Now, next Tuesday, I've got Elvis's nurse. Her name is Tish Henley. She'll be on. And then Thursday, we're going to finally have uh, Phyllis Ledbetter, my friend of over 50 years, and we're going to talk about uh, and gossip and exchange stories and stuff. So uh, she'll be on. And she has seen the Elvis movie five times, so I wanted to get someone that Really love that movie and tell us why. Because when I have Mindy Miller on, his girlfriend, she has a different take on the movie. So anyway, anyway, I'm so excited about you guys being here. And thank you so much for listening. And we will uh, be back live next Wednesday. All right, I'll see you. Bye-bye. Take care.